0: The Red 78. I think it's important that people don't expect too much because it takes time when you come back. It's not just the injury, it's all the other stuff. Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now.
1: Alright, the Alliance Hurling League's return this weekend to uh, have a look at the state of the game right now. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by two time All Star with Cork, Anthony Nash. How are you keeping, Anthony?
0: All good, all good, and
1: yeah. And also, three-time All Ireland winner with Limerick, Pat Ryan. Now, uh, you're welcome to the show, Pat. Sound. Sure. Uh, Anthony, I've been listening to yourself and Jair on uh, Friday nights for the last few weeks. Uh, top class analysis, but I felt you were getting too easy a ride. So we just thought we'd bring Pat on tonight and maybe do a bit of nostalgia on that 2018 semi-final and maybe that goal. Uh, some say some say a crucial goal in one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, what are your memories of it, Anthony?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm delighted Pat is joining us tonight, now because he can finally admit to, to to everybody that he was trying to flick it over the bar, um, oh. come through an angle like, and uh, and that it looped under. Um, now, nah, as you said, it was a super game of hurling, and the we were gutted leaving, absolutely gutted leaving, because we had given it our all, and I, I suppose for that for that game and that season alone, it probably kickstarted that Limerick resurgence in Hurlington as well um, and not only Pat Ryan's goal i you remember for Nicky Quaid's save as well like so it was one of the best games to probably for a spectator but for a Cork person and a Cork <laughs> player especially it wasn't the most enjoyable experience.
1: Pat defend yourself.
0: Yeah well look I definitely
1: <laughs> when you're waiting to get on for an hour maybe
0: and you're waiting like you, you don't get too many
2: chances when you go through one-on-one so I definitely wasn't thinking of a white flag going in there and I said that <laughs> but I got very lucky now I went in it doesn't it I only done that because people do say it to me a bit since after that like, you, only do it because, you only do something like that because you're thinking to get hope from behind really like that's all, that's all it was but lucky really is
1: Anthony it obviously goes down as one of the all time great games of championship hurling like four and a half years on are you able to reflect on it I won't say with fondness but with pride because as you say it's one of those games you left absolutely everything out there you couldn't have done anymore where there's probably other games throughout your career and you think "Geez, we just didn't turn up today
0: Ah uh, yeah Like I suppose If you kind of Contrast us in 14 We played Tipperary In the all Ireland semi-final After we needed championship Like and Jesus we got absolutely annihilated um, I suppose losing a semi-final Is probably the worst place To lose though That's the only thing Like you know And we've been unfortunately On the receiving end Of a few beatings up there Because um, you don't get to Obviously play that day out in, in, in September at the time Like but Look they were a great team And still are obviously A great team uh, Bittersweet the only Sweet a part of it Was my cousin Barry Was playing and he got to Go on and win in All-Ireland But Sure yeah, You're, I, you're I half a you're Limerick man yourself, yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Look, I've been, I've been known there the last few years and everything like that. Like, but like when you're wearing a cork jersey, in, I've been brought up in Cork and playing for Cork. It's um. Well, you know, I heard you would have wa-
1: you wanted to play for Limerick, but because your surname wasn't Quaid, you knew you probably wouldn't get in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Well, to be fair, when I first started, I think they tried Nicky out the field, so that might have worked. It might have been hitting each other sharp echoes. But yeah, no, I was better off. I think for my own career, um, I, I did look. I was fortunate enough for my career, but yeah, you're right. Look great, yeah, of hurling. Um maybe in 10 years more 10 years more and I might sit down yeah. and have a look at it uh, yourself and Barry close oh very close yeah yeah very close yeah he's uh the one thing about I say Pat will echo my sentiments here as well like just it's easy for me to say it as a cousin but one of the most down nice fellas you could come across I always say I said I joined So Liberties and I said like you've got to know the nice mashes. now it's time to meet me like you know so he's the he's the good guy in the family
1: <laughs> Pat um when people think of you, they they obviously think of that goal and the importance of it for Limerick. Your role with Limerick over the last few years has been that role of of impact sub of player coming on, having to make a difference in the last five ten minutes of games, maybe try and rescue a game or try and shore up uh, a lead. How does that sit with you that that title of being an impact sub?
2: Uh, to be honest, like you know, every player wants to start. Like that, that never changes. Even even when you are in that role, like you. You never really truly accept it in a way. Uh, I would say when the team is named on a Friday night, you're always disappointed because you're always pushing hard and trying hard to start. But, but you have to kind of get over it quite quickly, like you know. And John and the managing team are excellent at that in, ter- in terms of placing the importance on, would say, the subs coming in because at the end of the day, like the way the way I used to look at it was that if the game is anywhere close at all, I would say like for three up or three down or anywhere in between, and you're coming on for the last ten or fifteen minutes, you're being asked to come in and probably the most important time in the game. So it doesn't dilute your importance in it. if you look at it that way like you know, so and you can make if you make if you you might only get one or two balls, but if you can make a positive impact with five minutes to go and the game is tight you know you feel like you're really bringing something to the table and uh, like I said the management just put that in place that John like for instance before the games like John will come and speak to the subs more than he probably even speak to the management or speak to the certain fifteen and even like on the Tuesday night going through maybe chat tactics or stuff like that it's no such thing as like just talking to the fifteen players it's like Okay, lads in the room. Like we need people to come in now and and finish this off for us. If we're in a good position or if we're not, we need massive amounts of energy coming in. So it really is as as much as the cliche cliche I'd say. Like it really is uh, all about the group, you know.
1: Yeah, that terrible term finishers has uh, crept into the GEA world over the last couple of years. And as you say, there's different scenarios. There's probably the scenario you come on in the two All-Ireland finals where you come on where the game is done and dusted and you can probably come on and it's a really nice position knowing that the game is won. There's other times where it's right in the melting pot where it's red hot and you're coming on cold from the bench. What do you do and what do the s and do behind the scenes? What does John Kiley do? So what do you do so that when you come on with Five minutes to go, you're able to hit the ground running.
2: Uh, I th- even kind of the phrasing of it, like, you know, no one has ever kind of phrased it as finish or as inside. Actually, in the last kind of year and a bit, there was kind of a term, maybe two years, like, um, we've been like the, the subs would refer to themselves or the management as the bomb squad. You know what I mean? Coming in that time, and that kind of leads into what you're saying. Like, how do you do coming in? It's the whole idea and Groth Haggard used to say it to me a lot, he used to say, like, you know, when you're coming on now, like, if you, said, if you come on now in this game, he'd say to me, address the them. Bring an awful lot of energy you know what I mean because obviously like you know for people that have played 50, 55, 60 minutes out there you know it's it's so physical and stuff like that so you're, you're bound to be tired so the idea of people coming off the bench you know what I mean bringing massive amounts of energy it's just it's to obviously a cornerback maybe doesn't want to see a fella coming in that's bouncing off the ground coming in and then for likes of God or someone out the field who's working really hard like he tell me you know it gives them a massive lift when they see fellas coming in with loads of energy so that was kind of that's kind of the the main way we approach it. Like, is the idea is that when you come on, you 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 give an impact without even the ball, just by the energy you have. Maybe if it's worn out a couple of lads you know, like Keane, just to wake up, you know, come in because sometimes he gets kind of lost there in, in games. You know what I mean? And stuff like that it just brings him back to focus. So that's that's kind of it, really.
1: Yeah. Have you ever come on the pitch and not just bounced off the opposition defender? Uh, never, no <laughs> <laughs> That's what really warms you up to be honest. So your current situation, uh, you were this time last year you were in the squad. I think you've been back in the squad since, have you? you did you start back at preseason training this year? Yeah, yeah. I you're got still bit, what? Uh, only you're what only twenty eight.
2: Yeah, yeah. Later in the year, yeah. So I got uh, got the preseason in and stuff like that. But when the we say the league panel was um, was coming to be put together, like you know, I just didn't make the the, the squad for this year. I would say would uh, you know that's that's just kind of just the way it is. Like there's fierce uh, young talent coming through and uh, obviously look I was disappointed do you know what I mean you're disappointed that yeah. not, how does that not conversation go with coming?
1: John how does that conversation go with John Kiley uh,
2: just like every conversation I've ever had with him to be honest it's just uh, complete honesty on his part that you know he'll just let you know and he'll tell you like look you know you might be doing this for me or something like that or we, we, we might be looking at this kind of player or something like that and like I said like the, some of the young players coming through in the county right now are, are are extremely impressive as you've probably seen in the league some of the guys that have made their debuts and you know, like I said, I was disappointed not to be involved for this year. But instead of looking at uh, you know what I don't have in, in this year coming, I rather look back at the last six or seven years. What I what I did get out of it so it was um I feel you know I feel more more lucky than unlucky I tell you that. Yeah, uh,
1: there is many a player who doesn't have three All Ireland medals in the back pocket. Uh, your reflections on last season, and you were in the squad. You dropped out after the Tipperary game. There was an incident after that match. There was a disciplinary issue. Can you talk to us about what happened there and and the fallout from that and and then managing to make your way back in again at the start of this season? Yeah,
2: well, uh, basically, like there was a half or two of the monster championship it was just um, I won't get into too much detail now, obviously, but uh, it was just there was kind of an incident where after a game where I I let the standards of the group down, basically, and um, you know the following day I woke up quite early and on reflection, just rang John, uh, John, just uh, we we met in that evening. And like I said before, just a very, very, probably the most honest man I've ever met, you know, he's, um, and uh, obviously he's a principal by nature as well, so it was like kind of a principal's meeting, but there's no, like, there's no talking down with you or anything like that, it's just, okay, this is this has happened now, and, uh, you know, the group is too important, and he's, like, like like that management team have done for years, they're only looking at uh, what's best for Limerick, so it was just a case of, look, you've done this now, um, you know, I take full accountability, which I did when I said to him, he was like, look, thanks, you have taken a step back from the group now, and we'll talk in a couple of months, that was kind of it, really.
1: And when you get the call to go back in, do you feel with John Kiley it was a it was a clean slate then going back in that you'd you'd served your time under him?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I've worked with John uh two years under twenty one and the last six years senior. So you know what I mean? He's um you know, like I said, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but he's very honest that way, like you know what I mean. He said to me that day, he was like, Look, he was take a step back to the group and i talked to you in a couple of months and um when he when he did call me back in then, you know, of course it was uh there was no hangover or like that. It was just um you know, It
1: was just picked up as usual, to be honest. Anthony, looking at the league campaign so far, it's so hard to analyse, and it's frustrating in a lot of ways that it feels we can't analyse it properly, that everything comes with a health warning because we're not quite sure where certain teams are, so should we be excited about TIP? Is there a revival there? Or are they just at a different stage of their fitness? From what you've seen of, of Limerick and new players coming through, maybe trying to add a little bit of depth, trying to discover something a bit of different, what's been the standout, stand out for you over the three games so far
0: yeah I think you're right like it's very hard and it's always spoken about so different teams are doing different things at the time of year like you know um, like you see Wexford one week doing unbelievably well and then getting hammered by Clare, Clare getting hammered by Limerick coming out and doing like they did to Wexford. so it's very up and down uh, league this year but that's down to I think just the, the closeness to the championship, um, I think the worrying thing is that how well Limerick are doing I suppose for mm-hmm. the oppositions like you know they're, they're going so consistently well as well like they came down to Cork uh, in a very tight game and Cork turned them over but after that didn't, they've pushed on and shown very professional performances and like Pat referred to there, like you know the young like Adam and Shane coming in there as well are only adding to the panel um, and any panel that can go on without the likes of Pat on it are obviously showing the strengths of it so I suppose for the opposition kind of looking in there doesn't seem to be any major um, drop off in intensity or want or desire on that side Um your earlier point about Tipperary, I think Liam Cattle was always going to bring a kind of a boost or a jump to that team. Um, we won the Fitzgibbon last year and I got we were out that night and I said to Kieran Connolly, he was going away to um, America for the summer. And I said to him, like, and why was he going? He said, look, he might never get the chance again. And we got conver- uh, conversations about Liam Cattle and he said the players couldn't wait to get him back. like That he was the the guy that drove that 21 team like, and that you know they loved training hard underneath him. So he, if you looked at the panel, he picked at the start of the year. A lot of that team has been brought back in um, you know, even as far as one of the young fellows that was down playing club hurling and Clare was brought back down as well. So like it's uh, like they're a team that I always think that when, when they're guided correctly, they always have the hurlers, you know, and those twenty one hurlers on top of Seamus Callan and Jason Ford, and Oan McGrath, I know they've lost Kyle Barrett and he's one of the best defenders in the country, but we know fear of them no either come championship to be a lot stronger than they were last year.
1: Pat, just just on, on Limerick, uh, while we're talking about them there, that they, they play Westmead this weekend, so the expectation will be that they'll go and win that game. Kyle Hayes misses out. Uh, one match ban after that Galway game Jimmer Burns it seems on his way back towards full fitness having taken a longer break uh, Aaron Galan it seems still in exile now you know, wouldn't be right to comment on the speculation around why he's not there John Kiley has been refusing to comment on whether he's left the squad it seems he's been playing soccer uh, quite a bit at weekends back in Limerick over the last while from a purely hurling point of view with Galan it has looked in these opening few games for Limerick that there is no like for like replacement for him
2: no, there isn't. But look, no two players are the same, to be honest. Um, that's that's the case in, in any team, really. So if if another player comes in, he's bringing different strengths, you know what I mean? You look at what uh, what Shane has brought since he's since he's come in, young Shane O'Brien, like, you know what I mean? He's bringing uh, an aerial threat as well and a, a scoring threat as he's shown. Like, you look at Adam English, the kind of the pace that he brings, you know what I mean? Kind of uh, an eye for scores as well, obviously, as Anthony see like, you know, through him in the college. So... Look, it's never about uh, it's never about anyone individually, you know what I mean? And it's never about replacing one individual. Like it, like I said, everyone is different. And look, uh, you, know, you know what I mean? There's 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 a very good panel there yes. and uh, there's more fellas you'll see probably this weekend that you haven't seen yet, and they'll be hoping to put their hands up as well. Uh,
1: so you spoke there about the young players that have emerged and forced their way into the squad. Who of the players that you've either seen behind the scenes over the last couple of years, or even you've seen over the first few weeks of the league, are the ones who you think can be pushing towards a, a starting fifteen in a championship, or into those one of impact impact sub roles?
2: Oh, look, there's there's loads there as you've seen, like you know what I mean with some of the boys, like I, I, Young Shiner Ryan. I have been impressed with. No, like to be honest, because last year was his first year hurling senior club, even, and he was uh, he was brilliant at that. Uh, my own club man Adam English, like I said, done it, has, um done really well, I would say, as that impact role in the first couple of games. Uh, one player that I know you would be familiar from last year, him coming on, Cahill O'Neill. We haven't really seen much of him this year because of a few injuries, but he's a player now that I think um, is going to make a massive step up this year, uh, personally, and I think he's going to have, um, turn a few heads when he does, we we'll say, hopefully break into the team or, or whatever, you know, whatever capacity that's in. Last year, he started he started one or two games maybe but even when Keele went off against Watford you know and we were losing that game uh, early on Kyle came in and really kind of started to steer the ship from centre forward which was really impressive for a young lad you know
1: Anthony your thoughts on Galan when we look at this Limerick team there's just superstars everywhere in every different game somebody else steps up but if he was to not come back for this year's championship how how much does that weaken that Limerick attack
0: Ah, look, any team losing the caliber of Aaron Galan is going to be weakened. Like Pat said, a different player is going to bring something different. The one challenge I find they'll have to change their their, their kind of maybe their team around a little bit because it's either going to be Mahal Holohan or um, Dave Reedy on the Freeze. Neither of them slots straight into that position. Now, Pat might know better, but like to find a free taker as as accurate as Aaron Galan. I know Tom Morris he takes freeze at times during the league, did as well. But like you've got Flanagan and Galan who seem to be so in sync inside the edge of the square. Um, you know, and that's when Pat comes in to add that exact, like, energy he's always talking about, so, like, you've got those two lads that are just so, like, they work so well together, like, they run behind each other in front of each other, get that thing, but to understand that your full forward is your free-taker, um, and with Shane O'Brien going in there at the moment, with Seamus Flanagan or whatever else, or Graham O'Kahey, I don't think any of them are natural uh, free-takers at the inter-county scene, so I think it's more where another player might start or might have to be moved to take frees. No, I I guarantee if you took any of those Limerick forwards away for a couple of weeks and got him to practice freeze, they'd be fine too. But I'd be very surprised um if I don't if we don't see Aaron Galland this year in championship at some stage. Uh he's hugely important. Like, look like you know, but, I, but like Pat said to say that like we went through a whole year last year without the hurler deer, Keane mm. Lynch. Um and Limerick still won an all Ireland so like you can even hear from Pat there like that they'll replace him. And, and they won't look back they'll replace him and they'll go with someone else if he's not there but I think he'll be there but I think the biggest challenge for me is finding that natural intercounty free-taker that when you're a level or a point down that has the guts and the balls to put down a free and put it over from an angle that I think Galan has and not only that like his, his goal scoring threat and his presence at the edge of the square um, he'd obviously be a huge loss yeah
1: you'd obviously be well aware of a lot of these young Limerick players as well who are the ones that that you're looking at that you feel could make that breakthrough
0: yeah, I, I'd like to echo Pat. Like Shane O'Brien is new to the team, but I would have worked in Newell with Cahill and uh, Adam English. Like Cahill O'Neill, I think to me was probably the closest to starting because I actually walked into a petrol station there a few weeks back in Limerick before I went back down to Newell. And I thought it was a, a rugby player from Munster, a second row rugby player in front of me. Nice. Next thing he turned around, and he was him. And like I had met him before, but the physique and the size he's had to putting on this winter is scary. Then I then I went into well and I met Adam English, and it was like a fellow was after putting on another two stone of muscle on him. He's like a little bull. So like these guys, not only are they ready to hurl at the inter-county level with their skill, but physically they're unreal. And like you have to like the Colin Coughlin down there as well. Like the thing about Limerick at the moment is that their age profile and this team. Is still very young. You're only trying to find one or two players a year um, until those older statesmen—not even older—but they decide to step away, like you see during the league. Like you know, Donal You've got uh, Adam Kyle will be coming back in soon after his injury. Um, Shane O'Brien, and then you've got the likes of Dermot Burns to come back in, and they're always mixing around. So look it's a scary prospect again for the year from outsiders like, but, uh, but I think for me Kyle and Adam are the two I work first hand with and closest with so I think the two of them will definitely be seeing a lot of game time this year. Uh,
1: Pat I think Anthony raises a question that a lot of people have had about this Limerick uh, team which is the size of your jerseys and whether they're um, ordered smaller than everybody else so you can all show off your muscles and the, your physique. <laughs> Does anyone <laughs> not wear a skin tight jersey? Yeah, well, Dan Morrissey definitely uh, could do what it a size-up in it, that's for sure. <laughs> Jeez, he was bursting through the seams. Yeah. It, 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 the, well, when you're talking there about Cahill O'Neill and uh, the way he's developing physically, I do wonder, you probably have experience from the few months off, on Aaron Galan, like the strength and conditioning at Limerick, it feels like it's it's a step ahead of where everybody else is at the moment, the conditioning of the players. If you end up spending six months away, how difficult is it to get back into that shape, that physical shape that you're expected to be in to play in this Limerick team?
2: Um, to be honest, there's no like,
1: um, like this, a lot of the
2: lads will say involved in Limerick, like most, like, you know, everyone involved in that panel, there's no such thing as time away. What I, what I don't mean by that is that Limerick train all year round because they don't. But, like, you know, a couple of weeks after on Ireland or a couple of weeks after a club championship, you know, an, an S&C coach doesn't need to be getting on the fellas on that panel. Like, you know what I mean? They're just there working away. Like, it's just, um, you know, some people, a lot of people talk about, you know, hard work, which is really important, but like the habit of doing it is even more important. You know what I mean? They don't have to be on a program just, just to be working away, like going to the gym on a Monday. It's just become a routine and a habit, maybe all year round, bar one or two weeks around Christmas, where you're just, you know, you're not even doing it to try and get, as people say, bigger and this and that. You're just doing yeah. it because you enjoy doing it.
1: Yeah, I think it was Kyle Hayes I heard talking before Christmas about going into the gym that you use maybe three, four days after the All-Ireland Final just to blow off the cobwebs after maybe a few days celebrating. And there was about 10 of the team in there working out already. Now, it's nice to have that story going around as well, of course, for uh, the opposition so that they all know how hard you're working all year round. Uh, So that's that's Limerick. Two wins. Uh, They play Westmead this weekend. Saturday night, Simple Stadium, Tipperary against Waterford. Interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, Liam Cahill being the obvious one. Also the fact that Waterford are going to play their home games in the Munster Championship again at Semple Stadium, the way you're talking about Liam Cahill there and how excited the Tip players were, Anthony, is that is that man management? Is that his style of
0: coaching? Um, what I just can we can we have a manager cam on Liam Cahill and Davy on the sideline? <laughs> That'll be more interesting than the than the pitch at times, I think. Two of the most fiery people you could have in the sideline. Um with from the outside we seem to have two similar styles of 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 managing as well, where it's kind of full on intense. Um and that's why it was kind of not surprised that David went back down to Waterford, but interested to see how the players would receive him after having that kind of bust up with Liam at the end of the year, you know. Um it'll be an interesting game, the fact that Liam is obviously going big against Waterford as well. So um I, I, I think look some teams some counties relish in working with a style of manager um, and just talking to Kieran there like that time you know and even Brian O'Mara as well they were just talking about that they just clicked with him like you know like he was a hard taskmaster now but they you know obviously getting success in and showing that it worked would give those players belief and confidence in his system then as well like so coming back down I know last year there was probably ups and downs with, with Colin Bonner down there now and I know it ended poorly um, and he was after you know giving tip great service both as a player and a manager and everything like that but like, from, by all accounts, you no know, training is going fairly well down there. Um, you know, we had a couple of lads from uh, from down there with you well as well. Like, and, you know, they came back and they're hurling well. Like, you know, so obviously things are going going okay down there. And it's, it's just a bit of freshness down there. And as I said, a lot of new players getting their opportunity with a mixture of very, very experienced players. Like, you know, as I mentioned there a while ago. You've known McGrath, Seamus Cannon and Ronan Maher. Jason Ford's still there. And, like, Jason Ford's hitting farm in the league again that he always does. So I just think it's just, look, a tip man coming back down who has like oceans of energy um, you know the players wanted him the players got him they wanted him the last time as well and he you know it broke down between himself and the county board um, so I think that look when the players get what they want they're always going to give you a kickback and uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how the championship goes with him um, you know, because I look the one thing you're going to get with Tipperary and they are going to be a horrible team to play against regarding work ethic and work rate. So, uh, but Saturday night will be very interesting. The fact that it's Cal versus Tip or Cal yeah. versus Waterford and, and Cal versus Davy as so.
1: You'd have to assume Pat as well that Cahill has learned a lot from last year's championship, even with Waterford and their league campaign, where it felt like they started the season so well and then it just fell off a cliff that every coach, every management, every team is learning about this new calendar and this new system and how to peak at the right time. Now, Tip have started very well again and maybe they needed that burst of energy. You would have to hope from a Tip point of view that they have learned that how to sustain this deeper into the summer than Waterford did last year.
2: Yeah, true, yeah. I can't speak, like, you know, I've never really been involved in management now, but I know that, like, you you hear a lot about uh, the league and I've always, myself and other players, like, we've often heard this the last kind of year or two that... That's odd oh, Is the league divided? This that. Like, I can tell you from a fact, like, speaking to, you know, I've been involved with in the league for the last few years, that players absolutely love the league. Players want to win the league. Like, that's just a fact. Like, that game now, Saturday night for Tipping and was probably the biggest game of the weekend because of, you know, the most kind of even game. And both of them players are going to be going 100%. Like, you know, and they spoke about uh, Liam Cahill coming in there with Tipping and what they're doing. Tipper kind of like Men uh, United in a way, like the way like United talk about a cultural playing the way they play, like Tipper like that in terms of goal scoring, you know, that was always kind of their, their niche, I think they score loads of goals. Like you go back to when they, you know, took down Kilkenny to score four goals in that area. I remember my first time being involved in Limerick was on the extended panel in 2016. They beat, they beat us in the Munster semi final, they scored three goals, you know. There's always this kind of thing with Tipperary and scoring goals and now, you know, when they beat they've beaten Kilkenny in Dublin away, they've scored two goals in both games, so... That's what's really interesting, me. You now know, for, uh, for Saturday night, you're, you're you're looking at a team that's prime to score goals in the Cahill's team, and you're looking at in who's his main objective. The way he sets up is to not concede a goal. So, uh, really, really looking forward to that game. And both teams, I would feel that there's going to be two really strong fifteens for that game now because they've had a week off, would say, from a game, and uh, it should be that that the upper own championship pace I'll tell you.
1: I know you're saying there, Pat, that uh, players love the league. We're always wondering on the outside about that priority list as to how seriously certain teams are taking it. And we sort of look at Limerick this year and go, they've just been out on their warm weather training camp, that they can ease themselves in and that if they peak in July, they're happy enough because they know they'll have enough skill to get there. Are are those public conversations that happen within camps of we sort of know where we are, we're going to train hard this week and we might take the hit at the weekend...
2: No, that doesn't happen, It doesn't happen amongst players anyway. That's for sure. Like the management obviously have their own. You know, maybe the management have different conversations. I said players' point of view, and I can only speak my time with Limerick players. Wouldn't be like that at all. Like you know what I mean. Players are, are openly hungry, really, to to want to win every competition they're in. You know what I mean. And uh, you, if you heard Tom Morrissey there when he collected his man of the match after the Galway game, you know he said, um, you know, he's two league medals, but he said he, he wouldn't like to finish on finish up with just two. So that'll kind of give you an insight into the, the mind frame of players and. You know, there's, there's a league semi-final there to be got it if they can pick up the, the next two wins. And then when you're in a semi-final, all you want to do is be into a final. And uh, finals are for winning, as they say. So I can only comment on the player side of things, and players really want to win this. They don't look at things like, oh, time before championship and this and that. Sure. What else do you want to be doing Only you, only training anyway and training yeah. hard?
1: But would you have had you you a sense of times of actually, you know, uh, most weeks ahead of a big game, you might have two sessions, that some weeks you'd have four sessions before a league game because actually... Coaches are putting more stock on actually what's happening there than what happens in the result of the weekend. Yeah, fact. Yeah. And players just want to play games, like, you know what I mean? And you'll have, you'll have certain players that haven't even played much games that played last year, you know what I mean?
2: Coming back in over the next few weeks now, and they wouldn't like to finish up, we'll say, after the last group game. They want to, to be involved and play. You, you mentioned Jimmy Burns, like, you know what I mean? He'll be hoping to be in this weekend and, and the Wexford game. And obviously, he'd love to play the league semi final and get himself fine tuned for the first round of the, of the championship and stuff like that, so. No, it we'll would be going, from the players' point of view it we'll would be going 100% in, in all their
1: games. Uh, what about Waterford then, Anthony? Uh, Ozzy Gleeson's been sprung from the bench. Is this the week where you throw him in from the start?
0: Yeah, I think it's like, Look, like, uh, you know, uh, Pat's a Like when I played league games, you wanted to win a course. I think management do dictates the energy of the games because of the S&C plans that go through. And those people become so important during the league as well, like, you know, how fellows are geared up to it. So, but I think then the manager looks at it and then goes, right, what games do I want my full strength team? Like, Dave, you won't want to put a um, step back, and he'll want his senior players getting a few league games. Like, if you can get a semi-final, like Pat said there, it's, 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 you know, it's another challenging game. It's another, you know, as close championship are going to get rather than going away ring ringing a team for a challenge match and that have been knocked out as well. So I think the likes of Davey will be looking to try and put his 15 together because the question he might have is where's the best place to play him he might have found out already you know that's the one thing I also find with Austin Gleeson is where is his best position where can he most influence the game for Waterford um, you know so you know it'll be, look we, we could be sitting there and next thing find out in a couple of hours time that he's not playing like that. but I would expect him to play and I'd expect the likes of you know I think Desi Hutchinson missed the, the last day I know Bennett had been sent off and stuff so he'd be trying to get his six forwards clicking together as well, which is important in league as well, because you're going to get lads used to playing with each other under. Uh, like Pat said, a new style of play now, again, like where they're going back to more of a defensive style of system where you might only have five forwards. Um, so. I definitely think he'll be starting to spring him in for the last like, look, you potentially have only two champ, uh, two competitive games left if you don't make the semi-final of the league, so I'd say he'll be looking to, to put the first 15 out as Patsy. Uh,
1: plenty of other interesting games across Sunday as well, uh, Galway looking to win an Ennis for the first time in 14 years, conceded a huge score uh, against Cork, 4-24 then beaten last time out by 5 points by Limerick it feels like, I don't want to say it's stagnating in Galway because it's so early in the season, but it does feel as though they're lacking a little bit of energy At this stage of the season
0: Yeah, like I was saying last week to George Remember he was saying he was taking it easy on me hmm. On the show I was saying that they're like every team in Ireland Is lacking a, a young Joe Canning But I think Galway at the moment just seem to be lacking a bit of firepower up front Now against Limerick I think they brought on Conor and out the field um, and they need to get him back into the edge of the square, you know, where he does, where he's the focal point of the, of the of the Galway attack, you know. And I think most teams that play against him don't like to see him at the edge of the square because he's so dangerous, so strong, um, and such a fantastic hurler as well. So again, for the likes of Galway, and I think Pat touching it there. Each manager knows at Two weeks off, so they have the time to regroup, you know, do a bit of training, and know the Cork lads are back to play with their clubs as well. So that will give him a bit of a break mentally as well to go back. And they'll all be kind of looking at these last two games you now to kind of start putting a bit of emphasis on their championship teams. Bar, like With all due respects to Wexford, I'd say Limerick might not be kind of, um, you know, if they have injuries, they might mind them or whatever like that. But I think like even uh, Clare and Galway is always a local rivalry, like, you know, that neither team will want to lose. So um, again, I think Henry will be looking for a bounce back there um, and trying to get his 15 out. But like, again, another very competitive game. And Clare, after coming off such a hiding the last day of beating Wexford, um, you know they'll be continuing on to, like Pat said they were Tipperary, they'll be trying to you know trying to keep the habit of scoring goals going. Uh,
1: Pat one thing I'm interested in with Claire is that so Tony Kelly is back Aidan McCarthy is now on the freeze and you know you see the line that it takes the pressure off Tony Kelly that he's not on freeze and Aidan McCarthy scored uh, got a big score uh, in the last game scored six points from freeze scored 110 in total part of me thinks for a forward though like for their ego uh, Tony Kelly the world wants to be taking freeze he wants to be scoring Double figures, 10, 12, 15 points a game. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on that? Whether taking the freeze off Kelly will free him up in other parts of his game? Um, to be
2: honest, I played um, in New England with Tony, and he's not he's not he's he's a real team player, I'll tell you that. He's um he's the most team player you could ever get. Like if Aidan McCarthy is gonna score uh gonna score all the frees, Tony Kelly won't mind at all, I'll tell you that now for sure. And um like, Tony, some addition to come back. To, he's going to score a lot of points in play anyway. Mm. You know what I mean? He's still, he's still going to be the number one player on that team anyway, regardless of him taking the freeze. So I, I don't see it as a massive issue. I think, like, the likes of McCarthy and Shanna Morey back this year as well, like, that's clear, you know, I know they, they went out in the other end final, would say they would have liked to have played a lot better than they did. Claire had a very good year last year, like, you know. So when you're adding back in two, uh, two players of that calibre, the likes of Mark Rogers and Shane Meehan getting a year older they're nearly two new players as well, like, you know what I mean? The experience they would have got from all in big games last year. So between Maury and McCarthy, uh, me and Rogers, I think Clare are going to be very dangerous this year, to be
0: honest. And, and t- t- you know. Tony doesn't even take the the freeze for Ballet anyway, so I don't yeah. think it's a big deal for him. Like he came in, I think DC missed one or two in the in the in the latter stages of the Munster Championship or whatever. That and then he took him over, so I, I don't think it's a huge deal for him. I know he would have been the main man scoring for Clare anyway, but isn't it a fantastic backup to have? And if Aiden McCarthy has been so accurate with them, then Tony can you know be be moving out. And and like Pat said, there a second ago, Again, working with Mark Rogers inside Newell, like who missed a lot of last year, he got injured in the Fitzgibbon. Like they're a team now this year that, like, if they can just click, get everyone back right and keep them fit. And remember, last was there in the semi-final, like they found out the day before. John Conlon was gone, like, and you know, taking John Conlon out of a clear team was, is obviously detrimental to them, you know, like, especially at centre back. So, a team again that I, I think will, will show huge, huge, um will have a huge say in the championship.
2: And I was at that game, they actually tried, and said the day before, they even tried 20 minutes to see could he still play. He came out, but he's doing the warm up, and he was just walking, around, you know, so the only really meant to change 20 minutes for him, so that was massive.
1: Uh, we're tight enough on time the other games at the weekend Antrim against Leash both of them have lost their first three games so whoever loses that will end up in a relegation playoff uh, more than likely against Westmeath we have Kilkenny against Dublin at Nolan Park uh, Cork-Wexford is interesting because geez, uh, rarely in the league can two teams have come into a match in such uh, different form Anthony and uh, the response from Wexford is going to be interesting. You always expect one, but when you look at an injury list of Lee Chin, Matt O'Hanlon, Roy O'Connor, Mark Fanning, Kevin Foley, Liam Ryan, Poddy Foley staying in Australia, it's hard to see how they muster up that response against a core team who are flying.
0: Like, Bar Limerick, maybe? Can another team lose that many players and still be as strong? Um, you know, and, and even the name of the caliber of player after your your like remember now, some counties just have, you know, fifteen players and in their next six or seven players are close to them. Like, do Wexford have that strength and depth when you're replacing the likes of those that they can fire a player back in? So like we can read as much as we want into the Clare and Wexford game, like they had huge injuries. Um, the flip side of that in like Cork of an opportunity I think if they win mathematically they're true to the, the league semi-final and plus you want to win all your home games um, so yeah it'll be a very intriguing interesting game to see what Darygan does um, very nice man actually met him a few times there last year and like you'd like to see them do you know do well but like any manager that has that many injuries it's, it's very hard uh, very hard to compete and and put out uh, you know 100% performances all the time uh,
1: Pat Anthony's on here Every Friday night Bigging up Cork For the last three or four weeks They're back uh, The things they're going to do This season Don't be looking at me like that Anthony you know what's happened uh,
0: I, I, thought, I thought your was bad Until I like, this <laughs> You're putting words in my mouth
1: you know, Look they they beat Limerick First time out they, As mentioned they put up A huge score against Go And then beat Westmead Last time out uh, Where are Cork do you feel From what you've seen Of them so far Pat?
2: Yeah no Very very impressed to be honest And um you know, not necessarily with them, just like playing well and stuff like that. But it was kind of the response together against Emmerich. I, I watched the, I was watching that game at half time and I'd be straight up. I thought the game was over after twenty minutes. So, uh, like like a lot of people did, I'm sure. But the response was was unreal. And to go up to Salt Hill, Salt so Hill is a tough place to go. And to put four goals past them, it's um no, they seem like the real deal. So far no, they won't be getting carried away. I don't think um don't think anyone will. They started the league well last year, you know, and it didn't um, didn't. You know, things have go as well. Like Wexford actually beat him in this return fixture last year, but I can't see it happen this weekend. Like you, you mentioned some of the lads that are away, like two of the most important ones for me are Liam Ryan full back and Potty Foley centre back. When we played them last year, but in Wexford, they beat us up there and the two of them were outstanding that day at full back and centre back. So very, very hard to play them especially when I went out to Cork as well. Like, you know, I mentioned earlier about Tipperary so good at scoring goals. Uh Cork are pretty good too, but even, you know, they can rack up near thirty points very quick. So I don't know, I think I think Cork gonna put a big score uh, the weekend.
1: All right, Pat, it's been great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Anthony, I don't think you'll want to come on the Thursday. You, you're safer on the Friday nights now, are you?
0: I I, I think I am. And in fairness, we've a saying down here when uh, when, uh, when uh, like James had done her and he talked, cute Kerry whore, but now that I know how to pass on the show, he's a cute for <laughs> whore building, Kirk up there knows it. All right, brilliant stuff, Anthony Nash. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, lads.